This is the Stand Strong Podcast with Carrie Stoker, episode number six, Love and Compassion. Welcome to the Stand Strong Podcast. My name is Carrie Stoker. I'm a certified life coach, and I help Latter-day Saint women strengthen their family relationships. That's why I've named this Stand Strong. When you have a child who struggles with mental illness, there are all kinds of challenges that are involved in your family and among the relationships there. And I can show you through scripture and stories how to navigate this challenging road. Hi folks. Hey, today we are going to talk about love and I promised that we'd be speaking about this a couple of podcasts ago. And so here it is. Today we're going to talk about love and compassion. But first, I want to just remind you about the wellness conference that I am helping to put on. It is in Sandy, Utah. And the link to it, which is vibrantlivingwellnessconference.com, is still under a little construction, but it should be up and running and fully functioning within just a couple of days of this podcast. So go there and check it out. And man, that would be so awesome to see you and to connect with you at that conference. Now, today, I'm going to talk about Elder Ulysses Suarez's talk in General Conference October 2021, so the one that has just passed. And this one is titled The Savior's Abiding Compassion. I actually want to go through this talk so that we can discuss what Elder Suarez has to say about the Savior's compassion. And my main purpose, you know, the main point that I want to draw out of this is something that Elder Suarez says. In order to qualify ourselves to make righteous judgments, we must strive to become like the Savior and look at the imperfections of individuals compassionately, even through His eyes. So let's start off this discussion by looking at this story that Elder Suarez uh, talks about right at the beginning of his talk. He talks about Simon, who had invited the Savior to dinner. And as they sat at dinner, a woman who is unnamed, but she's referred to as a sinner. So she comes in and at the Savior's feet, anoints his feet with perfume and washes his feet with her tears. And the story goes that Simon, in his mind, he didn't say this out loud, but he says, This man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman this is that toucheth him, for she is a sinner. I love that here Elder Suarez points out in this story that this Pharisee, Simon, has a holier-than-thou attitude and that it leads him to judge unjustly, not just the woman but also Jesus. So this is such a great warning for all of us, I believe. It it shows us that we are in risk of being this way, like the Pharisee is. We have an invitation here 
by Elder Suarez to follow Christ's example and to act compassionately towards all. He did this. The Savior did this so perfectly and so beautifully and in so many examples, how he showed compassion and love towards sinners and people who reviled against him and um, just people who were looked at in ways that were judgmental. Now, I do have to say, we all do this, okay? We all we all have judgments. We're judgmental of ourselves. We're judgmental of each other. And you know what? We can get better and better at not being so judgmental. And so this is our invitation to just look more closely at the Savior's example and to see how we can be more like Him. And in doing so, as we become more like Him, then we can then be qualified as Elder Suarez says, to make righteous judgments. Okay, so um, I like to look at the different descriptive words used for the Pharisee. Holier than thou is one of those that we already talked about. But he also talks about how he had a superiority complex coupled with a hardened heart. Uh, He used self-aggrandizement. And he had a false holiness. My goodness. So all of these things that were that described the Pharisee, I think it's important to look at and to really give some um, introspection on it into our own selves. And just to be careful of these attitudes, be careful within ourselves because um, those attitudes really reveal much in our interactions with other people. And be careful because then it it really does blind us to make righteous judgments. This woman that came in to um, anoint Jesus' feet and to uh, wash and, and ended up washing his feet in her tears, I love that she actually is not named. I love also that her sins were not spelled out. We don't even know, actually. It just says that she was a sinner and that she's referred to so generally. I love that because I feel like we can put ourselves in her shoes, in her place. We can insert our own name and our own set of faults and weaknesses and even disobedient acts. We can put those all in this story and be her. And so I love that about it. It's interesting that Simon is named. His um, Some of his faults are directly spelled out, if not in the story, in the scriptures themselves, Elder Suarez just did <laughs> in his description of, of Simon. And so I love that too, actually. I, I like that he helps us examine what's going on here so that we can, first of all, be compassionate with this woman because we can put ourselves in her shoes, but then also really directly look at ourselves and say, wow, am I being like a Pharisee? Many years ago, when I was a youth, I moved to a new stake and And in my new ward, one of the young women was kind of giving me the scoop on all of the young men. You know, that's what I would be really interested in. 
And so as she talked about these young men, she would tell me, oh, so-and-so and their ages and, you know, what they're up to. And I remember her telling me about a couple of brothers that um, she said I, they probably wouldn't be that interested in. They smoked weed and they didn't come to church regularly. And so, yeah, I did kind of dismiss them as people that I probably would be hanging out with. A few months passed and I remember going to a dance with um, my sister and seeing these this guy and his brother that my friend had told me about and seeing them at the dance. And, and I had, didn't see them very often, but I did know who they were. And I remember seeing them and thinking, oh, yeah, there's... There's those young men that um, aren't active and smoke weed and <laughs> whatever. But for some reason, they caught my attention. A song came on, uh, Van Halen's song, Jump, which I didn't give too much attention to at the time. Like it was a song. It was on a lot and it was fine. It was a little more, it was a little different type of song than I usually listen to. And so... Um, I didn't usually listen to Van Halen. So, but I watched these two. I I watched these two brothers kind of get excited about this song. And they were looking at each other and they they started to kind of talk excitedly and and maybe just where they were standing, they were dancing a little and and so my sister and I we looked at each other. I I don't remember exactly how this all went down, but we went over there to where they were, kind of close by, and just said hi, and we could tell that they really liked the song. And so the four of us went out and danced to this to the song. And it was so fun. I watched these two these two brothers jumping, you know, of course, when it says jump, and they would jump, and they were excited, and we had so much fun on that dance, during that dance, and just talked to them a little bit, and these were great guys. They were nice. They were um, fun, and I don't know, we had a great time, and I'm telling you, since then, Jump has been one of my favorite songs. I love it. It's still on my playlist. (laughs) 35 years later, it's still on my playlist. So I love it. Um, But in contrast to that scenario, in another ward and another stake that I was in as a youth, I had a friend who was telling me about some young men that she knew. And she mentioned this one. She said, and he's cute and he's so nice and he's fun. And oh my goodness, you've got to meet him. You'll really like him. And so she described him and thought that, yeah, sounds like a cool guy. And I did end up meeting him not long after that. Talked to him. Yep. He was nice. He was fun. I didn't necessarily have an interest in him, um, but but I was glad to meet him. And and every once in a while, I would come across him. And at some point later on, I found out that actually he smoked weed and he didn't go to church that often. And I had this recollection of my former experience and how and what a difference it made to have 
these two different friends describing somebody and how I judged people. And I recognized it. And it really affected my interaction with these young men and my ability to judge righteously. So just looking some more at Elder Suarez's talk, he talks about how Jesus's compassionate attitude was rooted in charity, namely, quote, in his pure and perfect love, which is the essence of his atoning sacrifice. And he talks about compassion. He talks about mourning with those that mourn. He talks about having empathy, mercy, kindness. And then he says the expression of compassion for others is, in fact, the essence of the gospel of Jesus Christ and a marked evidence of our spiritual and emotional closeness to the Savior. Elder Suarez says it is meaningful to observe that Jesus' compassionate acts were not occasional or mandated manifestations based on a list of tasks to be completed, but everyday expressions of the reality of his pure love for God and his children and his abiding desire to help them, unquote. So in my mind, I have like this list pop up, this list of, okay, I need to do my ministering visits. Okay, I need to uh, do an act of service today. Um, just some old, just some lists that I compile that I have in my own mind, things that I am trying to do. And I love here then that he points out that he wasn't, Jesus wasn't going off a list, which is kind of reflective of what the Pharisee was doing. The Pharisee had all the things. I mean, he saw to invite this important person into his home. He fed him, so he had the means to do that. He obviously didn't do the sinful acts that the woman did because he judged himself as not a sinner, because he judged her as one. Well, if the Savior knew who this was, he wouldn't even be here with her because she's a sinner. And so... So the Pharisee saw himself, and it and it looked like probably to most people that he was doing all right, you know. So this felt really uncomfortable and familiar to me when I was looking through this. Um, we just need to be careful. We need to be careful that we are not seeing ourselves as doing okay. I guess, in the sense that we might be missing some important opportunities for change and growth and repentance. So towards the end of this talk, Elder Suarez says appearances can be deceptive and oftentimes do not represent an accurate measurement of someone's behavior. So interesting, isn't that? Because our minds are seeking um, meaning and and making sense of the world around us. So as we see people and the way they appear, we can make some misjudgments if we are not attuned to Christ's spirit and if we are and if we and if our own judgments are clouded by our own unrighteousness and lack of compassion for others. 
Elder Suarez says, unlike you and me, Christ is capable of clearly seeing all facets of a given situation. I mean, that is, that's good to know, right? We need to understand that, that Christ is all-knowing. He can see everything. He knows hearts and minds and all of the situations. So going on with what Elder Suarez says, he says, even knowing all our weaknesses as he does, the Savior does not rashly condemn us, but, and this part, this part I love, listen, but continues to work with us compassionately over time, helping us to remove the beam from our eye. Jesus always looks on the heart and not on the appearance. Mm, so good. I love that. So this is something that I need to always just keep in mind. This is something that happens over time, right? Jesus works with us over time. Now, how does this relate to our homes, to children who have mental illness? This is how. Elder Suarez says, as we intentionally strive to incorporate a compassionate attitude into our way of life, as exemplified by the Savior, we will become more sensitive to people's needs. I want to put a little highlight on that. We will become more sensitive to people's needs. Okay, keep going. With that increased sensitivity, feelings of genuine interest and love will permeate our every action. I love this because in coaching, we talk all the time about how feelings are what generates the actions that we take. It's how we're feeling. From those feelings, we take action. And so he says, feelings of genuine interest and love will permeate our every action. That, my friends, is true. It's so true. Okay, so thinking about a child who is struggling and there's a lot of challenges that come with that, as we really intentionally try to see our children as who they can become. I want you to be thinking about how your feelings of genuine interest and love for your child or who this ever this might be that you have concerns for is that this will permeate every action, which is important. It's important that, that, that our actions are coming from love and interest and compassion because this is where real movement comes for us. We become more charitable and compassionate and it really creates a whole new experience for us. There are great promises at the end of this talk about uh, if we strive to incorporate this compassion into our lives. But one thing I want to say, and I just want to end with this quote from Elder Suarez, he says, Considering we still have a long way to go to reach perfection, perhaps it would be better if we sit at Jesus' feet and plead for mercy for our own imperfections, as did the repentant woman in the Pharisee's house, and not spend so much time and energy fixating on the perceived imperfections of others. And that's the end of the quote. 
And as we just take care of ourselves, like Elder Suarez says, if we sit at Jesus' feet, plead for mercy for our own imperfections, as we take care of ourselves, naturally, we will have the creative energy and mindset in order to help those around us. So just referencing back to the story about the two young men that I had been told about by two different young women and how that and how that influenced my own thoughts and behaviors and then recognizing that I allowed that to happen and it came from this holier than thou sort of attitude. And I am not really proud of that. Okay. I'm <laughs> just saying, I'm not proud that that happened and that it still on occasion happens, but noticing it is so valuable because it is from that awareness that I can take action and, and make it different. We need to qualify ourselves to make righteous judgments. And we do that through looking compassionately at others and to see them as the Savior would see them, as you know, as best we can. So, so good to talk to you all today, and I look forward to connecting again next week. If you like the Stand Strong podcast, please like and subscribe. 